and we're rolling. All right, guys, welcome back to the show, Pop Culture To Do, the podcast where two best friends, myself and the Greg Norton, give each other a to-do list of things to watch, read, listen to, anything within the realm of arts and entertainment. So far, it's been all movies. <laughs> so far, it's been all, it's all movies, but, but on my list, I have two TV shows. On your list, I don't know it yet, but maybe there's TV shows. I know if I had not seen The Nick, it would have probably been your number one. It would have been the first thing we had done because it was a travesty that you hadn't watched it yet. I, I know, exactly. But I corrected that. You were nice enough to lend me both seasons. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the shit out of it, both me and my fiance. So whew, can't believe I got into it late, but at least better mm -hmm. late than ever, right? Yeah. And honestly, like, I feel like you might have gotten into it sooner if we hadn't all bullied you so long that you hadn't seen it. I, yeah. Because I... I don't know, like, I'd personally have felt defeated, and yet we did it to you anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true, though, yeah. And when I say, and I, when I say we, uh, listeners, I mean everyone we know had seen it but Anthony. <laughs> it's, wait, even Macri? Macri fucking loves it. He does a good Cleary impression. Oh, man, really? Wait, who's Cleary again? Oh, my God, you just watched it. I know. The, the big oh, guy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you're no Rose. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Well, we have, he has a Scottish character in our D&D &D, uh, &D run. Yeah. So it, it you know, makes sense. Um, yeah, so. Uh, Anyways, this is a podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast. We're not talking about D&D &D or, I mean, we could talk about the Nick, but we'll do that in another episode. Uh, actually, before we uh, commence the show, I, I had a question for you, and I just wanted your opinion on things. Mm -hmm. Because now that now that a lot of films, even before the pandemic really hit us, a lot of films were kind of going to streaming services like Netflix, uh, you know, Disney and, and what else and HBO, whatever. Um, a lot of films have kind of extended their length, right? So standard, you know, the standard length that you probably watch a film in theaters would be like maybe three hours, like The Lord of the Rings you know, or even Titanic, but now, like, you have the Scorsese film, which was uh, The Irishman, which dropped on Netflix, and it was almost four hours, mm -hmm. right? And now you have Zack Snyder's film that's coming out on HBO Max, and it's a solid four hours, and I remember even before those two, you and I were discussing that Andy Muschietti at one point wanted to release both It and It Chapter 2 as, like, a whole film, which would be like nearing five hours. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted you. I wanted to know your take on on this. I don't know if it's a, it's a it's going to be a new trend happening. I just I have been seeing it happen a little more frequently though, and I just wanted to know your take on that. Uh, I generally think movies are always too damn long. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Like I always. Not always. No. <laughs> I feel like oftentimes there are a lot of movies that I watch and feel like, hey, this could be 10 minutes shorter. Yeah, I get you. And this is this is obviously generalizations, but I, I'll watch a comedy and I'll be like, why is this more than 95 minutes long? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I honestly, I mean, comedies, though, usually run for a, like at most an hour and, a, and, and like 35 minutes. I've yet to, I don't. I can't remember at least 
like an, a, a comedy film that ran for two solid hours. I'm pretty sure I have seen one, but I, I can't remember. The latter half of Judd Apatow's career. Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, but that was like, yeah, that's true. Because I guess you could say like movies like, was it Funny People? Which is when he started, I think, doing that. Mm-hmm. And Funny People, I would actually kind of lean more towards dramedy. Which I guess at that point kind of makes sense, but that movie really did not need to be that long. Like, I really feel like there were so many things you could have cut out. Well, that movie, though, the thing with, with Funny People is it's two movies. Because you get the entire Seth Rogen character arc. Mm. And then you get the entire Leslie Mann character arc. And they are both in service of telling the greater arc, which is Adam Sandler's character. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. That that also helps it feel longer, not just the fact that it is long, but the fact that you feel a story be told and then you feel a story be told again in the confines of a wider story. At least that's what I've found with that movie. Yeah, that's true. It is also too damn long. It's very long. It, I mean, I understand your point, but I do still think that, like, it should have been shaved down. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That for me, like, all the extra fandom noise, cut that out for a second. Do you think Zack Snyder, do you think it's appropriate that Zack Snyder made a four-hour Justice League movie? Probably not. Okay. That being said, it's not in theaters, so I think that does, like you were saying about streaming services, makes it easier yeah yeah that's true you know because you can watch it as you see fit yeah yeah you can like pause go to the bathroom eat dinner whatever and yeah i know Zack snyder's movie will actually have sort of like chapter breaks in it okay like it'll say like part one and it'll have like a subtitle like he Mm -hmm. it's a he's going with a very big theatrical epic feel with that stuff I would imagine. So those are actually good watching points. And I know someone had broken down watch times to watch The Irishman as if it was a four-part miniseries. On, on yeah. Someone was like, here, do you want to watch it in four parts? So they kind of give you the appropriate breaks as yeah. to, so it's not like jarring. That's actually, that's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. But I, like, okay, one more question and then... Mm-hmm. And then we'll go into our main topic. But because of these, now that you can watch these at home, you can pause, whatever. You can even continue the movie another day, two days. Does that affect the experience? Because you're, you're breaking it up now. You're breaking up something. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like Because it's made to be experienced in one piece. Yeah. And, you know, long movies, you know, like, they've been around since before this. Absolutely. Our friend Matt was talking on his podcast, Gentleman Sports Corner, recently about a movie he watched, I think it was last week or the week before, mm-hmm. called uh, Satan's Tango. It's a Hungarian film. Okay. It's seven hours? What What year was this? The 90s? I looked it up uh, when he mentioned it, because I, I was like, oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. And it's a seven-hour movie that came out in the 90s. And, like, he watched it in one go. So... As I was saying, you know, long movies like this have existed for a long time. You know, this was before streaming services, but I think it makes it easier to watch. 
yeah as a casual audience member but i feel like the use of making a movie that long isn't just to make a long movie but it's to create an experience yeah i mean seven hours that's that's a journey you're on that you're on that journey yeah with the characters <laughs> that's what i'm saying and yeah. you know watching a movie for seven hours is a very different experience from watching a you know, two and a half hour movie that could have had 15 minutes trimmed out of it mm. you know there's a difference in the length in that point yeah because you're not feeling like oh this is dragging because you're sitting down for seven hours you know what you're getting into you're mentally in a different headspace that's true i couldn't imagine watching a set i mean you know, i have to really be into it for me to just sit down like unbothered for seven hours mm -hmm. straight watching a movie i mean kudos to matt for doing that but i mean also i'm not surprised that i mean you telling me matt sat through a whole seven hour film that makes nothing but sense to me yeah that's just matt that's, that's yeah matt <laughs> and like you know he watched it at home so he could take pee breaks and stuff he probably didn't though <laughs> probably didn't uh matt if you listen to this podcast uh message us on our twitter account did you take pee breaks? Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. And uh, for those of you uh, listening, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> let us know. Okay. So, uh, yeah, was that everything you wanted to say? Did, did you? Uh, on this, yes. But I saw something online a, a little bit ago, like earlier today. Mm -hmm. And it confused me. Because apparently McConaughey is thinking about running for governor of Texas. And that's, it's just so weird to me. But I'm also down with it. I mean, I'm not going to dispute. Like, I, 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 if he wants to do that, like, power to him. I'll, I mean, Schwarzenegger ran for governor of, of uh, California. Uh, he was successfully governor. So there, I mean, <laughs> if he can do it, I have no doubt in my mind that McConaughey can do it for Texas. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Texas could use someone like him because, like, you know, he's a Southern guy and he's got that Southern vibe to him, but he's also more progressive. Yeah. As a Hollywood actor. Ooh la la. Yeah, it's true. And, and uh, I, I feel like he's very chill. He's very relaxed, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If someone wants to go to war, he's going to be like, Nah. Even but if people are like, hey, we should uh, support people who need our help, and he'll just be like, all right, all right, all right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and that will, that will be his, his whole run, just those two, those two like responses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. That actually, it's actually a pretty, like, how do, you, how do you feel about actors kind of delving into politics? I mean, it's weird to think about because on the one hand, it's like, you know, you're an actor, stick to acting. Yeah. But at the same time, people kind of forget that Ronald Reagan, who was a president, was originally an actor. Yeah. True. So there's precedent, but, you know, is that a good thing? He wasn't a very good president. No. From what I remember. And this is also talking as an outsider who was not alive when Reagan was president and does not live in the States. That's true. Yeah. So 
I, I can't be too much of a judge on that. I just think it'd be really funny to see how people react if McConaughey actually ran for governor. I'd be really interested to, to see that too. <laughs> oh, and we record on the weekend mm-hmm. and this Monday the Oscars are getting, well, the, the Oscar nominations are getting announced. Yeah, it's true. So I guess we'll cover that on next week's episode. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Main topic? Main topic. With that out of the way, we're going to dive right into our main topic today. Uh, and uh, Norton, would you like to introduce our main topic? Yes. Our main topic for the day is old pictures of my grandmother. <laughs> Bring it on. It's actually not. It's just I actually do have like a picture of her on my desk. Nice. What a sweet moment. Yeah. But anyways, I just I was looking at that when you asked me to do it. I was like, I gotta make this joke now. I have to. I cannot miss this opportunity. This is our worst episode. <laughs> this is our worst episode. So far. So far, I will make them worse. (laughs) Anyways, the main topic of the episode is the South Korean action thriller film, I Saw the Devil. Yeah. Came out in 2010, and it's about a... uh, uh, It is about a man. He's an agent of some kind, some kind of cop or something. Yeah. I don't know exactly what he does. He's, he's high high up there. Let's just yeah. say, like, one of the, yeah. Yeah, and he is on a revenge quest because his fiance is murdered by a serial killer. Yeah, so the movie is a revenge action movie. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. I really enjoyed it. Nice. But I'm also just going to go on the record and say that that main character, uh, the agent. Yeah. Uh, played by uh, Lee Byung-hun. Mm-hmm is an idiot why because he goes and spoilers for this movie spoiler warning absolutely yeah we're we're not holding back nope his fiance is murdered like brutally and she's pregnant she's pregnant yeah that that'll come into play yeah sort of (laughs) it makes him it makes him angrier when he finds out because he didn't know yeah but he catches the guy. He finds the guy, catches him, beats the shit out of him, and then lets him go. Because he decides that he's going to torture him by constantly coming and finding him and beating him up some more. Yeah. Which, you know, fun for the movie. But, like, so stupid. Because the man is a rapist and a serial killer. And you literally see more instances of him doing that at, because this guy... The guy lets him go, and the first thing the guy does is sexually assaults another woman and the guy saves the woman before it gets too far but yeah. she's still sexually assaulted and then he lets yeah. him go again um, like i said it's a fun concept for a movie but he's an idiot and i just wanted to get that out of the way before we talk about all the fun stuff of the movie because it is a very fun action thriller movie but this one thing's kind of fucked <laughs> But I see why he did it, and I'll like I want to get all I want to I want you to have your say first. I want you to mm-hmm. like kind of say your points, and then I'm gonna bring in my my reasoning as mm-hmm. to why I well, think he did it. Well, let's get onto that because I've mentioned. Oh, okay. 
sort of why I think it's stupid because he's letting a sexual predator continue to be a sexual predator. Right. Now, you defend why that's okay. It's not okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> For the record, super not okay. I understand why he did it. And it's because the way I see it is he is so blinded by rage and revenge that his own like the only thing he could see is revenge and the only thing he could see is i want to torture this guy like he did my wife mm -hmm. and 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 that's that's the premise that's that's the idea of how revenge is so meaningless because he's not he's not thinking about like he's this like a, a cia agent whatever and what he's in the profession of helping people and protecting people but he's so blinded by his rage and revenge that he's literally casting aside and setting and completely just uh, uh, like setting aside the protection and safety of others in order to torture this guy. Right. So it's, it's, it just, for me, it, it just pushes that idea of how revenge not only changes you and turns you into the monster, but it's just, it's meaningless because in the end it gets you nothing right absolutely absolutely and and you're you are right yeah and i'm not saying like this is a bad movie for having done this or it's not a critique on the movie no no it's just an observation and yeah it's something that we we've had in conversations in the past where i'll like a movie and then pick apart aspects of it mm -hmm. to the point where you've asked me oh why didn't you like like when we saw green room like the next day or something, we were texting about it and you're like, oh, I thought you liked it. Why are you saying all this? I'm like, I did like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah. liked it. It's a great yeah. movie. But so I'm, I just, so you know, and so our listeners know, it's a great movie. It's just that there is that aspect to it. Yeah. But I also think that this movie doesn't exist in the real world. It exists in a sort of heightened reality. Yeah. I would go on to say that too. Because like, there's just serial killers all over the place that kind of know each other that it's because yeah. there's that part where he goes and there's like a guy who's a cannibal who just has a lady in a closet and a industrial freezer full of body parts yeah. and he just goes there and they know each other and he's like hey i need some help i need a place to hang out let's hang out and they're just serial killer bros so the film is in a heightened reality yeah and and i i feel like what the point you just said this whole network of serial killers makes it all the more frightening because it, it really it really makes the cia agent feel like like outnumbered in a sense mm -hmm. you know even though even though he has a, a super heightened level of expertise and you know he he's a, an excellent fighter and and uh you know he he's he he's well equipped for defending himself but still, like, knowing that you're up against a serial killer who probably has a network of other serial killers can feel, like, very frightening for mm -hmm. whoever's going up against that, you know? And that's, that's a good point. And this whole movie is sort of about the darkest places of humanity because even this other cannibal serial killer, who I just want to tangent on him before I make my point, yeah. really made me laugh because he's a serial killer and he's kind of like a a bummy guy he's you know like a farmer or whatever the way he's dressed the way he acts he's kind of lowbrow 
But then when he goes to mess with and like murder the lady he's got in his cupboard, he puts on classical music. Yeah. And I feel like that that really made me laugh because it felt as if he's seen serial killer media. Like he's seen Silence of the Lambs and all that stuff where like you've got these like highbrow serial killers who are the fancy men and he's like pretending to be that when he isn't. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Like like you can tell like he's doing this because he's seen it on t- which is really funny you bring up Silence of the Lambs, which is another cannibal by the way. So uh, it's just funny how like you can maybe like tell he's getting his knowledge from movies, so mm-hmm. he does the, the the classical music to to kind of emulate his heroes, if you will. Yeah, and I think that's part of the tone of the film, you know. Yeah. Because it's about this darkness, but at the same time, they spend a lot more time following the main antagonist, the serial killer played by a uh, Choi Min Sik. You spend a lot more time on him than you do on the uh, agent character, who I looked up. He's an NIS agent, which is... Sorry, NIS, yeah. yeah, Which is the uh, Korean one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you spend more time following the serial killer running away. Yeah. There's more camera time spent on him. Yeah. And... Not in a way where like they're trying to frame it as you should root for him, because they don't. They the movie is very good at letting you know that this guy is a bad guy. Yeah. But your hero's not a good guy either. He's letting this guy go, he's letting him do things. The cannibal guy, which is the point I was gonna make before I tangented off, says to him, Oh, he's a monster, he's one of us. Yeah. And I think that's the point mm-hmm. the movie is overall making is yeah. how if you're willing to go to dark places, some of that gets into you. Yeah, it's um, it's literally uh, it. I feel like this whole film is is two hours worth of the quote of uh, if you stare long enough into the abyss, the the abyss will stare back at you. Mm-hmm. And that like that movie, this movie really, I feel like encompasses that that quote because you have someone who's really wading into really really dark waters you know and uh and it's kind of like if you stay there long enough even if you're trying to kill these people if you stay there long enough you you run the risk of sort of becoming like them you know yeah yeah and it's terrifying but uh yeah no continue continue i want i want to hear more of your thoughts yeah so I have a few things uh, written down that I just want to touch yeah. on. One mm-hmm. of it was the the main character being a terrible person. <laughs> and uh, the the main serial killer, whose character name I can't remember, the actor, uh, Choi Min-seek, that I referenced, right. is fucking good in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's a great actor. He's also, uh, for old people boy. who are familiar, yeah, he's the main character, Odesu, in Old Boy, which is a lot of... Uh, American and like North American audiences introduction to Korean cinema. So if you like that movie, you should watch this because it's another dark action revenge movie with one of the same actors. So it's really worth like getting into. Absolutely. And I, I looked it up last night just yeah. on the topic of him being so great. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even like nominated for like, and I know like the Oscars don't matter. I always talk about how the Oscars don't matter, 
But like they didn't even nominate him. Just showing for what for anything. Like he like he I don't know if he should have gotten supporting actor or lead actor because it depends on time run times and stuff but he should have been nominated for one of them and this is the year the king's speech won everything the king's speech sucks i i didn't even bother to to watch that movie but i do agree that you're you're talking about like for i saw the devil he should have won something for yeah yeah i agree Uh, he and this is not to uh the other the other uh, actor who plays the nis agent is fantastic too but because we spend a lot of time with i'm gonna look up that yeah because we spend a lot of time with the uh the serial killer uh character we really get to see the full wide range of his performance mm-hmm. and it's it's like he he's you know okay here's here's one of those things that He's so terrifying that you feel you feel scared for the cameraman because it's kind of like like you you know that this guy's just a character. This is all just a film, but the the character is so terrifying that you actually feel when there's like a cam- when there's like a shot close on him, you feel terrified for the cameraman that this guy's just going to kill him because the performance is so fucking terrifying. It's he's Absolutely. He's like I would say he's like matching like Anton Jagger as far as like terrifying villains. I mean, there's so many others, but you know, that's just, it's just uh, like a small comparison. Oh yeah. And I, I have to say like he, the character is so brilliant in the performance in the writing and the directing, because you, like I said, you spend so much time with him, but you still don't root for him. No, not once. Like, and that's, that's the great thing about, this movie is it spends so much time with this character mm-hmm. you follow him for so long he doesn't get boring or relatable like they were able to keep him as an unrelatable character villain as the main guy on screen yeah that doesn't happen it's either the bad guy is anton sugar who you see for a little bit he pops in here and there and is a bad guy yeah or you know they're relatable they're understandable they're like oh i can see from a certain point of view how you are the way you are no no they just made him bad he's yeah 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 he's he does some very brutal brutal things uh but it, uh hold on just to uh I, you can continue just a sec to, to, to preface anyone who might be wondering how uh, this NIS agent uh, manages to find out every single location of where the ser- serial killer is, is because at one point I think the first time they uh, interact, he knocks them out and he puts a tracking device. He makes them swallow a tracking device uh, that he got from one of his N- NI- NIS uh, friends. So that's how. So basically, this NIS agent tracks all the serial killer's movements and essentially plays catch and release with him which you know that that's how uh in case anyone is wondering that's how he's able to map out everywhere this guy's gonna be and that that actually really messes with him psychologically because he you can tell like the serial killer is always wondering like like how the hell did you know i was gonna be here because he always shows up just before he's about to do something like like kill some well not just before because a lot of innocent people die but 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie. Like the cinematography in it blew me away. And we haven't talked a ton about the art of filmmaking. We haven't, no. So far, which is funny because that's something that's a huge interest to both of us. Yeah. So I'm just going to list a few things that I noticed in this movie that were just absolutely beautiful. Do it. There's a bunch of shots at night where the sky is like completely pitch black, but mm-hmm. the characters are still somehow perfectly lit. And I don't yeah. know how you do that. Like, I don't know enough about the about film production to know where the lights were because it's just pitch black, no stars, no ambient light at all and then just like perfectly lit characters and it looks so good it does and reinforces that dark world aesthetic yeah theme yeah and it's it's great it is yeah and there's a shot near the beginning of the film because before uh, the nis agent finds the killer and starts you know fucking with him he has like a list of suspects and he fucks with them first like he finds one interrogates them it's not him hammers his balls in real good finds another guy hits him with his car like he hunts him down and he's got taped on his wall these four people that he think might be the killer and there's a shot where he rips down the second one after confirming that isn't him Mm -hmm. and he looks at the other two for a second on the wall then he walks into his bedroom and turns off the light and then he turns it back on and you and because it's in the other room it's just his silhouette and i just love the fact that he turned off the light that's where the scene would end but then he turns it on and you can see his silhouette thinking because he just can't stop to the point you were making about you know how you know the revenge is driving him and whatnot that shot perfectly encapsulates his entire character ethos in this one moment and it was beautiful yes yeah yeah i i remember that shot yeah it's um this movie yeah it's it's really great and i there's also uh i know we're, we're ju- i'm gonna be jumping far far ahead for a second but the, uh, on the t- yeah but on, on the topic of uh of great shots i love the i think it's like the closing shot of when uh he's walking away and I think he's listening to music or whatever, but he's he's he starts like crying and then it goes to laughing. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just him with this night sky. And it's it's that whole like that that sudden shift in character is kind of like, okay, well this person is forever changed. Like they're they're never gonna be the same. And that's like that's a really it's a really hard hitting point and, and a thought like how how this how he's, he's just never going to recover from this you know yeah it's yeah it's forever shaped him mm-hmm. uh he was listening to uh the serial killer die yes okay yes yes yeah because you see the the tracker that had a microphone in it mm-hmm. in one of the shots where the serial killer was right yeah before he gets decapitated in front of his family that's how the movie ends spoilers <laughs> no yeah yeah but but the the best thing is that the whole time like like the whole back and forth between he and the killer uh the nis agent and the killer you can tell that the killer is like very like he doesn't give a shit about dying you know because 
like even before he commits his last murder he kind of he does this thing where he's gonna he 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 says okay now you can arrest me taking willing to take that revenge away from the agent but the agent breaks the fucking law and just kidnaps him and rigs him to that beheading machine but he doesn't actually he's not actually okay with dying because it, you know when he's rigged up to that machine they have like a a scene together before mm-hmm. and the serial killer's like oh you know just kill me already just kill me and then he gets stabbed in the cheek yeah. and then he's asking not to be killed because he's oh, yes. been okay, fronting yeah. and i think that's what it was in that scene was asking to be arrested because if he's arrested and put on trial and all that stuff he's not going to die no yeah okay yeah, yeah that's true at least that's all- how i saw it it's no but yes but you're all, he's also completely robbing the the nis agent of yes and i think that's the main point is he yes was, yeah he's trying uh, to outsmart and, him oh my god and but yeah because it's 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 really I would almost go on to compare these to like a Batman and Joker type villain and hero only mm-hmm. you know the hero here is is far less from uh Batman but um it's just it's one of those it's it's two people who I, I don't want to say complement each other but they're 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 both equally at the same point of expertise if you will like you have the serial killer who's like a really smart serial killer, but then you also have this NIS agent who's also incredibly smart and, and, and well-equipped in his field. So you have these two people pitted against each other who are very well-versed in their respective fields of work, mm-hmm. as I would, yeah. you know. And it's, it, it's, such a, it's such a brilliant cat and mouse movie. And I did want to mention that there's this one intense shot in the taxi do you remember that? That that yes. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I don't know if you noticed. I didn't, but I read about it after. One of the two guys in that taxi. Mm. Wait the wait the ta- the taxi is the one with the two other guys, right? Yeah, with with the the stabbing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. One of those guys is the fourth suspect that's on the wall. The one that he doesn't go after because he goes after him. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I read about it after watching the movie. I was like, holy crap. It's just a little touch that's just brilliant. That is brilliant. Oh, my God. I got to rewatch this movie. Unfortunately, I've only seen it twice. Uh, I need to upload numbers. But <laughs> yeah. Is it still on Netflix? Did you see it on Netflix? Uh, no, I had to rent it. It's right. Okay, okay. But then I saw an ad that it might be on Shutter. This excites me. Yeah. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah. So, sorry. Um, did you did you have any more points? I I don't want to I don't want to cut you off. I mean, it's just really good. Like the action is very good. It's a lot of hand to hand beat 'em ups, but it doesn't ever feel stale, or at least it didn't to me. No way. No it way. really succeeded in keeping you entertained oh yeah and i'm actually now realizing because i was going to mention a shot from one uh from one fight 
that I really like. And I realized it kind of does a similar thing to that light on and off thing that I mentioned. Oh, Because okay. there's a part where our serial killer realizes that he has a tracker inside of him. So he uh, takes a bunch of medication to shit it out. Yeah. And then Gross. decides to put it in someone else in a public bathroom. A guy runs in. So he like beats the shit out of this guy to put it in him. And this guy's in a stall and the guy comes in and starts hitting him. And then like the door closes as cause he like pulls the guy out and starts beating him and the stall door closes and then it bursts open. Cause he like pushes him through it. And it, it's that again, that feeling of like, okay, you know, we get what's going on. It's bam, bam, bam. And then this is the signifier that the shot, that the shot and the scene is over. No, we're going to keep going. Bam, bam, bam. This is your character. Yeah. 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 Oh man. I I forgot that part. See, this, this, despite the fact, despite the fact that this killer isn't like hate him and we're terrified of him, he's smart. He put it in someone else. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Oh geez. And then, um, oh, and then he goes after the, uh, he goes after the NIS NIS agent's wife's family. Yeah. That's a tongue twister. But yeah, and that and that I think that was that's the last of his killing spree before he uh, goes on to to, to voluntarily get arrested. Am yeah. I, okay, okay. Yeah, that's the last like murdery sequence is when he uh, kills the fiance's father and sister. Yes. Yes. And then the the super cool thing where he's giving himself up and then the NIS agent pulls up and he's taken the door off of his car so he can scoop him up without having to stop. And I've seen things like that in action movies before, but it's always the impossible, like, and then we open the door and do it. But like, no, they took the door off because this guy is smart. He knows that's how you could actually do that. And it was so cool. Yeah. Doesn't he like, like this is the car and this is like a wall and he does this like clunk and then he just like drives off uh that is what he did and what yeah. you said was terrible radio <laughs> for those of you listening anthony just mapped out the whole thing with his hands because <laughs> because that's the thing uh we we talk about these movies and we talk about it as a podcast but we're kind of just talking to each other and forget through video by the way <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not just, you know, being stupid because we're in a we're in a fucking pandemic and people keep going out and doing shit and I'm goddamn tired of the fact that people are doing things with people and not understanding that if we just did nothing, the numbers would go down, but no, you got to keep doing things anyways. Anyways, that bothers me understandably so sorry about that it's all good man there was a pro- there was a, did you, okay a quick quick detour because uh my fiance her sister and i all went to a small uh, art exhibition for uh her sister's birthday and then we came home but while we were downtown there was a anti-mask protest so yeah this is this is the world we're living in, people. Anyway, idiots. Anyway, so back to our film, where you know life is good. 
Oh, and Norton is gone. I don't know where he went. Uh, he, uh, and he's back. He's back. I haven't been able to go hug my mom in a year. Fuck those people. Anyways, this movie's really good. Yeah, yeah. I recommend it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, again, Korean cinema, fantastic. Uh, you know, um, yeah, and that's I I really I I didn't I have point like I had my points to say, but this was really like I really wanted you to have the floor. I really wanted you to talk about it because you had not seen it before, so mm -hmm. that was the whole point of this. And you said everything you wanted to, or more or less, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you want to roll into your your uh, recommendation for fans of I Saw the Devil? Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear what you got to say. Uh, so I was trying to... I also did this last minute. I, I an hour ago, was like, I should probably figure out what my pairing for this is. Yeah, yeah. And the... What felt like the obvious choice was Old Boy. Yeah. You know, like I said, same actor, same vibe. But also at the same time, that's the easy answer. Yeah, it's it's widely popular and a lot of people know it. Yeah. And not not like not to be a dick, I want to come up with something a little more outside the box. So yeah. I'm going directly outside the box and picking another movie by Old Boy's director. Because uh Park Chang Wook has directed three revenge movies. Mm -hmm. The unofficial Vengeance trilogy. They're not actually a trilogy. They're just three movies about revenge. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go with uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Ooh, haven't seen which that. Which is, oh, it's it. good. I know. Yeah. It's fantastic. Also, I'll just throw in uh, Lady Vengeance, the third movie in that trilogy. Also really good. I, that one I have seen. It is it's great. Yeah. It's great. There are a few shots in it that I think are a little wonky, but I think it's an excellent film overall. Excellent movie. And 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 the uh, the serial killer from I Saw the Devil is also in that movie. Yeah, he's great. He's in a lot of stuff. He is great. I love him. I love him. Oh, he's, oh god. But yeah. Yeah. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Park Chang Wook. Fantastic film worth getting into it's it's more revenge action stuff and yeah sounds that's great a, man it's my recommendation as a that's, pairing as a pairing so now what am i watching for next episode uh you're not gonna watch anything oh no oh no i don't know i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you're not watching anything i've secretly been behind you the whole time and i'm gonna murder you Oh my god. No! <laughs> Zoom just asked if we were playing music. <laughs> it popped up. Nice. <laughs> Is that a professional audio in audio settings? No, we're not doing that. I'm, we're not doing that. I'm, I'm clowning. Don't. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to make you listen to a podcast. Oh, which one? Alice Isn't Dead. Alice isn't dead. Oh, uh, I believe you told me about that. Yep. Yes. I'll just preface it. It's a, for the listeners and for you, it's a narrative. It's a, it's a story podcast. It's not, 
you know idiots fucking around like we are it's a and it's fantastic it tells a amazing story i listened to it uh last year at the start of the pandemic and it's so good and i don't know how many episodes i'm gonna make you listen to yet we can talk about that you know when it when it's not entertainment (laughs) because figuring out like well how many episodes do you think is worth watching in a week if i want to be able to get other stuff done yeah (laughs) we'll talk about that yeah but like i just think it's really good and yeah yeah i can definitely gonna check that and the episodes the episodes are only 20 minutes long so there'll be a breeze to get through we'll we'll look at it after and figure it out but yeah it's on spotify it's probably on everywhere let me check it should be yeah perfect yeah okay sounds great mm-hmm. all right north you want to lead us out yeah all right <clears throat> this podcast was brought to you by the place beyond the pines the only movie we ever discuss <laughs> it's the only movie worth discussing Unfortunately, we have no sponsors yet, but hopefully one day. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want us to get sponsors, you should definitely uh, subscribe to us on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends about it. Get them to listen to it. Get your family to listen to it. Get your dog or cat to listen to it. Mm-hmm. My cat listens to us. She hates it. But yeah, actually, if you do uh, tell your friends, try to get the word out, that'd be real cool of you. And if you want to get into contact with us, uh, Anthony and his awesome graphic design work is on Instagram, Anthony with Teeth. You can contact me through Twitter, or you could watch my terrible YouTube videos. Uh, I'm the Greg Norton on both of those and on Instagram if you want pictures of my cats who hate me. <laughs> and the podcast itself is on Twitter as well at Pop Culture To Do, all one word. I run it. It is not very active because I don't know how to run a Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Oh yeah. <laughs> Money. But but here's the thing guys, if you if we get more followers, I will have to try harder. And if I try harder, things will get better. So if you make me do the work, I will do it. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Yes. Alice isn't dead next week. And until then, have a good one. Have a good one guys. See you later.